There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Right now on the Power Chord Hour, I'm very stoked to be talking to Justin Vaughn of Cleveland band Low Morale. They uh, recently released a new album called Making You Better Feeling, really enjoying that lately. So we're going to get into that and a tons more. I know that uh, if you're listening to this on the radio show, I've played a few songs off that, so hopefully you've heard it and enjoy it. If not, we'll definitely play something later. We're going to get into the music and all of that good stuff. Justin Mann, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm very excited. You know, I uh, like I I knew you guys were putting something out for a while. I wanted to keep checking it out. I I kept forgetting to check it out, and then I don't know a few weeks ago, finally heard it, and just really liking it. I feel like I feel like uh, just right away, you kind of you hit a bunch of checkpoints of things I like. Like if we're going down like a list good. of shit I like. It, it you hit it in the band. It uh it is quality <laughs> quality pop punk. I uh, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. So I mean, like just starting just starting out. I mean, is this the very first release from the band? I know you guys have only been around for a little while. <clears throat> yeah. So um, me and Steve Sherman, um, the guitarist who I uh, co-wrote, you know, the the whole album with. We were in a band called Blacklister uh, that was around for. A few years before that um and we kind of decided to do kind of like you know version like 2.0 and we just kind of changed the the band name and, and uh got a new rhythm section and just kind of reinvented ourselves in a way we just felt like it was time to kind of start over fresh and uh yeah so yeah the um the actual recording process was pretty pretty crazy it took a lot longer it started right before the pandemic started so it was yeah it was a pretty pretty crazy um you know uh time trying to get this this uh album finished how uh how long have you guys been uh playing together you said you were in a blacklister before how long have you guys been uh playing together now uh well me and steve we've probably been actually writing together for about eight years now <laughs> it's oh, pretty nice. crazy yeah time time flies it's pretty nuts like yeah i just like realized like holy shit we've been you know <laughs> together for a while now um but uh yeah so yeah, the problem with our last band was we just we had a, so many new members. It's like we could not keep like drummers and bassists. So we just spent so long, you know, training new members and we just kind of got stuck in the mud. So um, we got to do some cool things, but we, you know, we would have liked to do a lot more and release more albums. So we kind of had this approach with this new project, Lil Morel, um, that originally it was just going to be me and, and Steve um, writing all the songs. And I'm all like, we were like, oh, well, let's just to make it easier, we'll find like a bassist and then a drummer to fill in for live shows, you know, just streamline the process. Um, but we have this new uh, drummer, Kyle, who's great. And I've uh, been working with him for like, I don't know, like six or seven months now. And uh, it's awesome. Yeah, we're really stoked. Um, and uh, we found we had a we have a few, couple of bassists that have been helping out. Um, this dude, Mikey's been playing with us and he's great. Um, so yeah, we, we actually have not even played live yet. So we're, we're super stoked to do that. That's pretty, um, that's pretty rad. Like I also, it has to be a little easier cause like you were just talking about like the lineups and stuff in your last band. Like I, like just a few hours ago, I was interviewing a band and they're a duo. And, uh, that was yeah. such a big thing we were talking about is like the, 
it's so much easier to get ideas, I think, through just two people because a whole band, yeah. that's a big dynamic. Like, you're going through multiple people. So I'm sure, yeah. like, doing this had to be a little easier with just two of you. It's like being married to, like, four other people and doing business together. <laughs> like Jesus, it's, yeah. It get, yeah, it, and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty hard. So that's why we, you know, we decided, you know, just to make things easier because i feel like you know even though in in our last band we we got to play with like a lot of like our favorite bands and you know do some cool stuff but it's like you know let's make this process a lot like smoother by just having it you know just the two of us and then you know because the two of us like work you know like a well oiled machine kind of the oil is probably lube but like uh yeah so yeah so so to make it easier you know just have it just be justin and steve and then um you know just have other people fill in but uh this dude kyle has been drumming for us is like great so he's been helping out a lot um we did have a show booked uh earlier like a what was it actually it just happened last night because it was re rebooked but um yeah we ended up dropping off of that but we do have a show coming up march 13th at this awesome spot called now that's class in cleveland oh great with our friends um yeah this is band uh, from denver called spells um, who we, um, we played with them a couple of years ago. They were on tour with off with their heads. Nice. And, uh, but yeah, they're super nice dudes. The singer Ben Roy is actually a comedian and he's on this show on true TV called those who can't. And, um, yeah, so they hit us up and they're like, Hey, let's play the show. So we're hoping it'll happen. <laughs> we'll that see sounds like a, like a nice first show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're super cool. They're a great band. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see if it actually goes down, but, uh, who knows? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah no that that's so, very true have you uh have you guys rehearsed much yet like do you feel like you're ready for your first show yeah i think so i mean to be completely honest <laughs> this uh we've i mean these songs we wrote like probably almost two years ago now oh that's tr- good and, point good point <laughs> yeah and like at least you know me and steve so i'm honestly like kind of almost getting sick of them because <laughs> i mean i i love the songs to death i i really do but it's just you know i've been listening to them for two years now so it's like I'm almost ready to start, you know, working on new stuff, which we have, but, um, yeah, so it's pretty much our new, uh, bassist, uh, Mikey, um, he like pretty much showed up and like knew most of the stuff. So, um, yeah, we actually, we only had like a couple practices, practices with him before the holidays. So, uh, actually tomorrow will be like, you know, maybe like our third practice with him. So, um, but, uh, we're pretty confident. Um, and, uh, yeah. I think it'll be a good time. I think we're ready to play. Finally, I've been waiting like two years to play. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think, uh, and you kind of brought up something that uh, I've been thinking about lately, talking to bands and just the whole like the like, the last two years, like really messing with album cycles and like how long ago. Like even though this is like fresh, you know, I've only been listening to it a few weeks. And when did it come out? November. Um, I think it was. Uh, was it October or November? I think it was October. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So. But, um, yeah, we've, you know, it took so long. I mean, I have, <laughs> I have a pretty crazy story about the actual process. <laughs> um, we, uh, so we started recording, um, at this dude's house, um, who had like a studio and he had a band and, um, we actually like, we programmed the drums They're you know, they're real drum samples, but we just like programmed them. Um, cause it was just me and Steve and they sounded great. Um, as a matter of fact, like we had, we, uh, we were on this, uh, this hard times podcast, like played us and, you know, they kind of critique, you know, uh, 
the rec- you know the bands and the recordings and i thought they were gonna like butcher us but they're like oh the drums sound so good like, oh nice we were, i was like laughing so i'm like those are program drums but <laughs> i mean that's why they sound good but um no but um yeah so the process started like right before the pandemic um steve got like steve played guitar bass and programmed the drums and everything and before i could do the vocals the shutdown happened so then we went like three months without recording i finally started recording with the dude who's like a super nice dude he's super talented but stuff started getting like weirder and weirder while we were recording with him like all of a sudden he had like a trump flag up this is like a young dude (laughs) and you know and it, it was weird because i mean this dude like he's he, like he's a super cool dude he's into like fat records and anti-flag and you know he, all we the could good talk stuff. For, we could talk yeah we could talk for hours about punk rock but it's like all of a sudden like i saw a trump thing and i thought it was like like you know like a joke and then i realized like wait something's like <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> a know? joke at all yeah i'm like this isn't a joke i thought it was like sarcastic but i'm like no uh every time i come over there's more trump stuff and then he was like i don't know he was kind of like going through like a Tom DeLonge phase or whatever. He was like super into like aliens and was talking about how he thinks there's aliens in his backyard. And I just like watched this kind of the deterioration of this dude. who's like a really good dude, you know, like, and so, you know, I'm going over and I'm recording and it's sounding really good. Like he's, he's a great, you know, uh, dude. And um, so I, the first time I really noticed something was weird was when I went to go, tag his instagram because he had like a really nice instagram he would you know show like he'd go through how he mixes stuff and it was really well kept up i went to go tag him and the instagram was gone <laughs> yeah it's not <laughs> so a good sign I'm like i'm like okay so next time i went to go record and i was like hey dude i went to go tag your studio and he's like oh i took it down uh i'm taking it on all my social media and ends up it's because he posted footage of what he thought was a ufo on like tiktok and he thought the fbi was trying to track him or something so we took all social media down so I'm like, like, and I'm like, oh my god! And like this album that I'm put, we're putting so much work into is in this guy's hands. And like I said, he's super talented. He's got great taste in music. You know, he's a super nice dude, but he just like caught up in this, got caught up in this conspiracy stuff or something. I'm like, is this real? And then, um, so, <laughs> so fast forward to I only need like one more vocal session, like session. Like we put hours and hours into this, and he keeps on saying, Oh, maybe next week I can. Okay. Maybe next weekend. So finally he's like, I don't think I could finish like work anymore on your album. I'm going to like, he's like, I'm going to like, uh, I don't know, just concentrate on Jesus and Trump and all like whatever. He thought like the aliens were going to like, <laughs> he, like he said something about how like the aliens were supposed to like, uh, anoint Trump the king of the world or some weird shit. Jesus so anyway, Christ. yeah. So after months, so after months and months, I couldn't like I literally needed like an hour more just to fix a couple of things, and he wouldn't even like let me like finish it. Not like I wanted to be trapped in his house and be like a and be. I'm like actually, I was telling my girlfriend about it. She's like, I don't know if you should go over there. Like, you know, like what if he sacrifices yeah. me to like the lizard pe- to like the lizard people or something? So. She has a point. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. So anyway, I'm like, shit. Okay. So he's, he had sent, he had sent the, um, the audio to like, uh, or I mean that the uh, instrumental to us. So, and I honestly, like my brother, Bob, who, you know, from the promise, yeah. From the promise hero and his solo stuff. Um, he had helped me demo and I actually honestly kind of liked the demo vocals anyway, better 
So Bobby saved the day and um, I pretty, he pretty much put my demo vocals over the instrumental that I recorded with the lizard King and <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, and I, I don't want to talk bad about him. Like he really is like a super cool dude, but we just went a little off the rails, but um, so yeah. So Bobby saved the day and it sound like, it sounds pretty great. Yeah, it really um, does. You really can't then, tell the vocals are like demo. Like they don't sound yeah, that way at all. Um, yeah. I mean, they're all the same, like, obviously like time signature and everything. So we're able, you know, thanks to it being 2020, what year is it? 2022. It all Yeah. The last three years are pretty much one giant year. So yeah. So anyway, Bobby saved the day. He put it all together. Um, and then <laughs> they have to release it. Steve was like, Oh, I really like, this is after we already like put it on like Spotify. He's like, so he's like, Oh, I just realized there must be a track muted. Cause none, or actually it wasn't before that. He's like, I just realized like none of my guitar slides are on the tracks. So I'm like, oh my god! So like, Bobby just added a couple of guitar slides. <laughs> nice. It was, this like this album was honestly a shit show. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, it came. <laughs> it came. I mean, but then again, I guess it kind of you know the hard work paid off. It, yeah, I mean, it represents the last few years. You know what I mean? It's we, that we is got a great, through it. That is a great. It's, it's, you know what? Like, it, it is very much a time capsule of yeah, this time. The, this album, you know, is dedicated to all the people who got through the shit <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and persevered. That's what this album represents. So that's, <laughs> that's the positive, that's the, the positive note I'm going to add to it. So, yeah, so that's why, you know, that, you, now you can kind of see well, while I want everyone <laughs> to go out, at, while I do want everyone to go out and rock out to it and enjoy it, um, you know, I'm just, because, you know, I went through all this stuff personally, I'm ready to kind of move on. And we do have a few new songs I'm super stoked about, but, um, yeah, like I said, like <laughs> like the hard times, they have this podcast called uh, Fanboys, and they'll play music sometimes. Like if they think it sucks, they'll rip on it. But if they like it, they'll say they like it. So they tweeted us and said, hey, we're going to be playing your music. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like ready for them <laughs> to shit on us, especially like they're going to be playing this, you know, this album, which, you know, we, we literally pieced together like Frankenstein. <laughs> and And I was like so nervous. And then – the first band they played was like this techno band and they were ripping on it. I'm like, Oh my God. Then <laughs> they, reviewed, uh, yeah. Then they played us and they had nothing bad to say. They like loved it. <laughs> they oh, were like, rad. yeah. Like they were like, you know, they were like, thanks for uh, like, this is classic pop punk, but not in a bad way. And they're like, Oh, the drums sound great, which was hilarious. <laughs> and they love the, they're like your bass player is amazing, which is funny. Cause it was just Steve who is a great bass player, you know? Um, so I guess we managed to fool them, but, uh, yeah, they were like, thanks for making Cleveland actually desirable, which I thought was funny, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And they started out with, started out with, Oh, uh, low morale. No wonder they're named that they're from Cleveland. <laughs> oh, but, <geez>. uh, <laughs> so, but yeah. And actually right before I got on this podcast, um, Kyle Kinane, you know, the, the oh, comedian, yeah, yeah. he had tweeted something about, um, about how he's like, I'm 45 years old or whatever, and I'll never stop lis listening to pop punk. So uh, for some reason, I just like tweeted him something about about low morale or whatever. And then he like, just before I got on this podcast, he tweeted back and said like, hell yeah, this is awesome or something. Oh, so nice. Somehow I'm like, we're fooling all these people to think Damn, that we don't dude. suck. You're and uh, <laughs> those are some good people to have on your side too. Those are, yeah, uh, those... I'll take it. Especially hard times. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they will not, they will not hold back if they don't like you. So that's pretty sick. But, um, Including that's yeah. paying off. It's pay you deserve it after all of, <laughs> after all you've went through for this release. 
I feel like exactly. now it's paying off. Now it's kind of like okay, <laughs> now the good it, it was like front loaded with bad shit. Now the now the second half, it's all it's all good stuff now. Exactly. It's all good stuff. And and it's extra funny because the whole point of Lomorel kind of was supposed to be like, you know, like I said, like version 2.0 and just make every, you know, try to figure out a way to make everything streamlined and easier and then that was the first thing that hit <laughs> us was the pandemic and this shit show of a, you know, process recording this album, but Yeah, not easier yeah. at all. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm way. like, I guess this band's not going to be that much easier, but um, no, but I mean, I love the songs. I'm stu- I'm super stoked on it. Um, these next couple songs, I like, are some of my favorite songs that we've, we've ever written. So, um, yeah, I'm stoked to move forward and uh, play some shows, and uh, yeah, have some fun. Do you uh, do you think you will be back? Do you think then the band will probably be back in the studio before the end of the year? Is that safe to say? I mean, I would love to. I think the plan that, you know, I we kind of talked about is maybe just doing like a few songs, you know what I mean? Just like a little couple know, singles. I don't even know if you would, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if you would call it like a EP, but yeah, maybe just put like a little like yeah, maybe just like a very short EP of just like three or four songs. That's EP. Going to, I would say that's going EP to a studio. Door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go into a studio um you know, and uh, not someone's room with a Trump flag outside their house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but going to like a real studio and lay some stuff down because, you know, what I mean, I'd rather just do something short and sweet and get it get it out there um, than you know, work on a whole full length again at this at this time. So um, it's like I said, I'm super stoked to just, you know, work on some new stuff and move forward. Nice, nice. Have so. You- you know, with uh, and yeah, shout out, shout out to your brother Bobby, who's been on the show a few times. Um, have you? I was gonna yeah. ask that, like, have you guys ever worked together, like, ri- like, w- you know, either be in a band or just write music together? Have you guys ever done that? Oh yeah, we uh, well, <laughs> uh, Bobby might have mentioned this on your podcast, but you know, back um, I started being in bands almost twenty years ago, and like I was like maybe in high school and not to date myself, but, um, and Bobby was like maybe middle school or something. Like he was pretty young and he always wanted to like be in my bands and I would be like, Oh, you're too young. You're too young. <laughs> you know? And then the thing about Bobby is he'll like, you know, I, I skateboarded and you know, I kind of sucked and he'd pick it up and land a kickflip and be like, Oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then like I took guitar lessons and he like, I was kind of struggling he picked it up and started like soloing and the guitar was smoking <laughs> and I'm like, it's like, Oh, this was pretty easy. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's like a genius. He's great. But, um, yeah, so we ended up, uh, I don't know if I want to go into how we had a, how we moved to, to Minneapolis and then back or whatever. But, um, I was living in Minneapolis at the time and Bobby had moved back. So we had, li- we had lived there for a while. Um, and he had started a band and then I moved back here and then we started jamming and then we, um, his band kind of transitioned into a band we were in together called the honor roll, um, which was awesome. Uh, we, uh, we got to play with a bunch of like drive through bands and hopeless bands and nice. stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet the thing with Bobby is like, we like harmonize like, like perfectly cause we have very similar voices. So people gave us a lot of the, uh, like the good Charlotte vibes and stuff. Um, this is back in the early 2000s. This is like back in the early 2000s. Oh yeah, oh and, yeah, that um, would definitely be a reference then at that time. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, we were playing with a bunch of like drive-through bands and stuff, and that whole scene. And um, yeah, like, and we actually had a, we actually had a, a inner or not an interview, but we met up with um, 
Richard Reigns from drive through in his hotel room when he was in Cleveland. Nice. And uh, <clears throat> we were actually, <laughs> they he, they came to see us. We were actually opening up for the Misfits. And, oh, wow. Uh, Mark, yeah, it was like this Cleveland music festival thing. And um, it was kind of like when Bobby's old band was transitioning into the new band. So um, we kind of like, I would sing a few songs and then, you know, the newer stuff and whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I have so many stories. This should be like a two-parter podcast. But, um, <laughs> I love hearing them. I'm totally up for yeah. hearing all of them. I mean, them, I, can go on, I can go on for days with crazy crazy shit. But yeah, so Mark Ramon was like playing drums for them. I didn't even oh, know. Damn. I just walked yeah, we, we got there we got there early and it was an empty like theater and I see on the stage like the drum head says Mark Ramon and he's sitting there in the front row in the empty theater because this is you know but way before you know doors open. So back this is like early two thousands, two thousand four maybe, two thousand five. And I was like super just like I didn't give a fuck back then. I literally ran down and sat next to him and I was like, <laughs> Hey, what's up? I'm in the honor roll or whatever I said. And um yeah, and he was like super nice. And then like I watched the Misfits sound check in like an empty theater, like it was nuts. Damn. So anyway, so then I came up and I did a few songs. <clears throat> so like I said, it was kind of transitioning into the other band. And you know, half the crowd were like pop punk kids, half the crowd were like gutter punk kids. And someone like threw like a bottle and it almost almost like hit Bobby's head. It was, it was like an inch away. And I jumped into the crowd and I was like, "Fuck you, fuck you!" <laughs> like it was like it was like a total like rock and roll like crazy moment. And, um, so yeah. And like, it was just nuts. So, and we had heard that Richard Reigns was going to be in town because he's like, he was like judging some battle of the bands because it was this whole like Cleveland music festival thing. So then this dude comes up to us and he's like, Hey, I'm Nate Israel. Um, uh, I do A&R for drive through records. Um, I really think, you know, you should meet up with Richard tomorrow in his hotel room. And we're like, uh, okay. I mean, this is the guy who signed new Found glory census fell starting line. Yeah. You know, like all the classics. Yeah, like, all the fans. Exactly. So, you know, and I was like super stoked. So me, Bobby and Dan Weiss, who was the, the guitarist in both Honor Roll and in the Promise Hero and in his other band. So the next morning we met up with him. And I don't know if you've heard any of the rumors about Richard Reigns. I already know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. With walking feet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm I know just, where you're going with this. Yes. I, I, I thought just, I had a feeling when you mentioned Richard Reigns, this is where he's <laughs> going, but I wasn't going to say anything. But yes, I see where this story's going. <laughs> I'm like I'm spilling all the tea here, man. If uh, if you want any dirt, listen to uh, the Power Chord Hour, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm spilling all the tea. No, I'm just playing. Um, so yeah, so if anyone knows the rumors, um, yeah. Well, what's funny is, so okay, let's rewind. So we we had moved to Minneapolis um, in like the mid '90s because our stepdad had gotten a job out there. So anyway, so that's where I started. Like I had a band called from the start out there. Um, very kind of like movie life vibes. Um, I'm into that. So yeah. So we would play with, a, you know, when sometimes like there's this band called knockout from Chicago. Oh, I love knockout. Um, oh my yeah. God. Such a great yeah. band. Yeah. They were great. They were on fearless records. Um, they should have been as big as uh, fallout boy in my opinion. They should have been. Well, TJ, yeah. TJ Minich, I believe his name is. Oh, it's Spittlefield. He was originally, he was originally in the band and, um, and uh, oh my god, their I'm drummer totally ended up being in the name. plain white tees. I can't think yeah. of his name, but he yeah, ended up being drummer, in plain white uh, tees. I always know his name. I knew I shouldn't have smoked weed before this because <laughs> Is it, I cannot remember his name. I think it's Omar something. I can't think of the rest of it. I think it. No, I, I think it's Dar. 
I thought it started with a D, like Darnell or something, maybe. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, their drummer uh, ended up joining the Plain White Tees. So yeah, it's, I mean, a sick band. And so the first time they we play with them, I know this is spidering off into a bunch of other. Oh, stories, I love this but... stuff. So you're good. <laughs> I love these things. I'm sure people listening are into this kind of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, so knock on Fearless Records. Um, the first I had known them because the very first Punkos Pop. Um, had had just come out and they did the um the destiny's child survivor cover on Great the very cover first, on the first punk goes pop so i remember being super stoked <laughs> and uh <laughs> so we play with that so we play with them in the basement of a taco place called taco toro nice and uh, <laughs> across from a trailer park and um <laughs> and so uh where was i yeah so they they crashed at my house and it was crazy um <laughs> we kept on waking up the drummer and like like spraying like like shaving cream on his face and they were videotaping it and they were gonna make like a dvd and it was like it was like it was so much fun but anyway i'm getting off off subject here so they had told us about drive through records how they had a uh a meeting with him and how he's kind of creepy and he what he'll do is he'll like have meetings with a bunch of like young bands and then make them like walk on his back <laughs> like um and they said it was like, like pretty creepy and weird um so yeah and then i played with this band i don't know if it was like houston calls or like one of those other bands i had played with and then they had told me the same story <laughs> so you're hearing this from a few people at this point yeah they yeah so because our merch booths are right next to each other and we were talking or whatever and yeah, they told us the same story about it. And uh, I think what happened was I said, oh, we just had, they're like, what label are you on? I'm like, oh, we're not signed. And they were like, uh, I'm like, we just had a meeting with drive through though. And he goes, oh, did he make you walk on his back? And what's funny is I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Bobby and Dan did it. I sat on the bed and I was like, uh. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, yeah, he listened, to our, he listened to our demo. He listened to our demo. Um, while laying on the floor and Bobby and Dan walked on his back and, and he was talking shit about all these other bands. He's like, do you know how many demos yellow card sent me? He's like, I, he's like, he's like all because they have a violinist doesn't make them original. What if they had an accordion player at to sign them? Like he was talking shit because yellow card was huge. He was, yeah. Oh yeah. Early two thousands, early to mid two thousands. Hell yeah. He was probably, so he was probably mad that like this, that he didn't sign them. So he was like, you know, butthurt. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. So he's like, Oh, yellow card sucks. They sent me so many demos and I deny them. Then he was talking shit about census fail. He's like, they don't, he's like, I'm going to kick census fail off of drive through. He's like, they don't listen to me. And, um, so then I ended up reading an AP after that meeting, there's an interview with buddy, and he was like, yeah, he kept on telling us not to scream anymore. So we said, we're going to do whatever we want. So they left and went on Vagrant. Um, and then the funny thing is, as he said, <laughs> there's like there's like one song where I had like a scream. And he goes, you should cut that scream out. So I knew that it was true that he said it to them because he said it to us too. Um, not a fan I don't know of screaming. Signed, I don't know why he signed Finch then. but yeah, um, <laughs> I know there's a few <laughs> bands on drive-thru that definitely had some unclean vocals in there. Yeah. So yeah, so it's funny that he told us told us the same thing as them, but um, yeah. So that's my drive through story. Um, <laughs> I th- also, I really thought it was going there, and I I I was right. 
Yeah. Well, and I remember people were like, oh, he brings his own like silk sheets to like hotel rooms and stuff, which like back then sounded creepy. But now after knowing how gross hotel rooms are, like, I don't think that's weird. Like that part's but, not uh, so weird. I, I hate sheets in hotels as well, though. The but silk still, thing. But, but for the record, I just I just want to say that, Richard, if you're listening uh, and you have any hookups with other labels, like <laughs> I think you're not creepy at all. And I think you're awesome. Hell yes. And thank you for thank you for signing all my favorite bands. Oh, that, I mean, um, greatest, one of the greatest labels of all time, I, I will oh, say. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, <laughs> yeah, like, starting line, since, like, Census Fail, Newfound Glory, like... I was talking to a buddy, Sanchez, like, you look like 20 years ago this year, like, 2002, like, my God, go just, just go look at, like, the albums they released 20 years ago this yeah. year. It's insane. Yeah. They're all oh. classics. And also, the la- I guess the last part was... He was like, yeah, I'm going to start this sister label, the drive through called Rushmore Records. And he says something <laughs> about like, maybe I could. And he said, like, maybe you got, I could fit you guys on there. So we started recording another demo. And that was when we ended up, me and Bobby split off. Um, me and the drummer, Frank, who was a super young kid that was amazing. We both wanted to get a little more like aggressive, a little more, I don't know. Um, and Bobby and Dan wanted to be more like like super pop punk they were like we want to be more like you know simple plan vibes and we wanted to be a little more you know a little more punk rock a little more like i don't know if i want to say maybe like post-punk kind of vibes yeah so we just kind of so we just kind of split apart and um bobby formed uh the promise hero and got hooked up with uh tdr records through great label i think that yeah i think well i think bobby like sent some like demos to like you know drive through and they sent them to hopeless and they sent them to it kind of like got bounced around and got picked up by uh, TDR and like Mike who runs it is great. I went to his wedding. Like he's a super, he's a super cool guest dude. of the show too. He is, he's one of the yeah. best dudes as well. They're, they're speaking of good labels. Yeah. They're up there as one oh, of the great. best. He's great. And what's crazy is, you know, he's from Chicago and he was in a band called Mayfield and me and Bobby grew up in, and me and Bobby grew up in Mayfield, Ohio, which is like oh, weird. Nice. <laughs> I go to the, Sam, yeah. the Sam Ash there all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, there's Sam Ash and Guitar Center. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, that's one of my, another one of my crazy stories. I really, I really have like one, at least one more in my arsenal. Well, a lot more than that, but. Oh, dude, if you have any, um, you want to, you want to <laughs> let out. I love these. I love these stories. I, I think that's all the tea I had to spill, but. Um, <laughs> that's, you're out of tea. <laughs> yeah, I'm all out of tea. That was some damn good tea, and, though. Uh, that was really you. good thank tea. You. I mean, I could probably, yeah. I don't want to be like known as like a shit talker anymore. No, you gotta um, save. You gotta save it. A little shit talking each time. Like that's the other thing. Like, yeah. like you, you come on and it's like, all right, you let a little shit talking out here. All right, good. You're good for now. All right, then yeah. you come back. A little more shit talking. Then a little no, more. But, <laughs> no, but for real, like, um, yeah. I, I, I obviously I love drive through records. I love everybody and everything. But um, yeah. So I guess uh, one thing that me and Bobby did. Um, was I, I had seen this warp tour dvd and kevin lyman was talking about how he, he loves helping out bands and like hooking them up with stages sorry my puppy's chewing on a water bottle <laughs> so i give him that so he doesn't chew on me i'm like oh like, hey that's up. better <laughs> yeah so um so i saw this dvd uh this warp tour dvd with like richard rains the fact that it's a dvd shows how old i am <laughs> the kids are like what's a dvd um so um I was like, guys, I have this idea. I'm like, we're going to, uh, when Warp Tour comes here, we're going to all get in the van and drive up there and we're going to sneak in and we're going to find uh, Kevin Lyman and he's going to put us on a stage. 
and Bobby and everybody were like, uh, that's not going to happen. And I was like, so confident. I'm like, trust me, it's going to happen. So they're like, all right. So we like all slept over our practice spot and like went. And, um, so we pull up to like, this is like in the morning, you know, all the buses are pulling into the lot. Oh yeah. And so we pull up into the driveway and this guard security guard stops us. And they're just you talk. We don't know what to say. And we say like, Hey, uh, and so I pop my head out of the van. I'm like, Hey, uh, we're here to see Richard Rains. And he says like, Oh, you need your, uh, you need your credentials. And I'm like, yeah, we're here to pick up our, uh, credentials. He's like, okay, yeah, go on through. And they all look at, and they all look at me. They're like, what the, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, told you guys, I really had no clue what the fuck I was saying, but so some, so he, the security guard lets us in. So all, so, you know, all these bands like Silverstein, I see like the singer Silverstein get out of his bus and spit out of his toothpaste and like, you know, like, like all these, you know, since like 2005 or something. So it's, you know, so many good bands were like, you know, playing so much good, like pop punk and screamo and all that stuff. Oh yeah. So I find, I think it was somebody from this band on victory called the hurt process. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Hey man, have you seen, um, Richard? He's like, Oh, I think he went this way here. Come with me. So this is like leading me to Richard. <laughs> and then I find, or not, I'm sorry. I'm on the wrong dude. Uh, oh, Kevin Kevin Lyman. Lyman. Yeah, not rich. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I finally find Kevin Lyman. He's with these two giant dudes in, like, Hawaiian shirts that I saw on the DVD. They're, like, a security detail or something. And I literally go up to him, and I'm like, hey, Kevin, um, I'm in a band called The Honor Roll. We just snuck in, and we'd love to play a st- play one of the stages. And he goes, oh, The Honor Roll? Yeah, I've heard of you guys. Hold on a second. And then gets on his walkie, and he's like, do we have a stage for The Honor Roll? And then he's Damn. like, how about, uh, then he goes, how about the Kevin says stage on, uh, at noon? And then we're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then I realized he probably thinks that we were the, like the honorary title or <laughs> like the honor, or like the honor system or yeah. one of these, or one of these other honor bands. And I'm like, somehow everything is just, I'm like Mr. Magoo. Like I'm just stumbling <laughs> around, but, but somehow I make it across the fucking bridge, even though the pieces are falling apart. Yeah. Like I literally just stumbled and. And every step of the way, the guys are just looking at me like, what the fuck? Like, how is this happening? <laughs> so I think this is back when there was like flip phones or so I got on my razor <laughs> flip phone and I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, we're playing, you know, at noon. And then he goes, oh, you know, you can go into the office area. And and like the Warped Tour staff was helping us make handmade posters that said honorable noon Kevin says stage. And that was like, that's not the Ernie Ball stage. That's like an actual stage. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I think. Like we opened like pretty much. Uh, who was I think that band Name Taken, who was a pretty good pop oh, nice. band. Uh, yeah, they're good band. Played that stage and some. Yeah, so we played to like you know a nice little crowd. People were just walking in. They're kind of gathering. And the crazy part is like, you know, we pretty much were able to get backstage and like watch our favorite bands. <laughs> this story actually gets crazy. So we're walking around backstage. For some reason, Dan had brought his acoustic guitar. And who do we see? Tim Armstrong. Oh hell yes! <laughs> so me and so me and Dan. This is backstage. I think that yeah, I think the transplants were playing. Two thousand. So, I was just about to say that. I think oh five. That would have been the transplants. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the transplants. So d- me and Dan walk up to Tim Armstrong, and Dan started playing either an Operation Ivy song or a Rancher <laughs> song or something, and then he started. Oh, and I think and then he, somehow he grabbed a guitar. I don't know if he, I can't remember if he had it on him or he ran into the bus or something, but we're having a fucking jam session 
with Tim fucking Armstrong. This whole thing is based on nothing. This whole thing, we shouldn't, we literally should not even be there. This is so but bizarre. Somehow, isn't like, it sounds like I'm making this up, but I swear to God, I'm atheist, but I swear to God. No. Um, so yeah, I swear you can ask Bobby and Bobby does not tell a lie. Um, so, <laughs> so we're having a jam session with Tim Armstrong and like he's singing, like we're all singing along and he goes, Hey, uh, what band are you in? And then we're like, uh, we're in the honor roll. He goes, Oh, he's like, I think I saw you in the last stop. And then we're like, okay, we're definitely <laughs> on the last stop. And he goes, you guys got a demo. And I was like, Oh my God. So I ran to the van. I grabbed a little CDR that had my phone number on it for our contact information. <laughs> and I'm like, I ran the car, gave it to him. And I'm like, here he goes. Like, hey, thanks, man. He walked on his bus, probably threw it in the trash, <laughs> lit it on fire, and then pissed on it. No. And I remember thinking for like weeks later, I'm like, oh my God. I was like what, checking my phone for Tim Armstrong to call me. Uh, I'm, he probably must, he must have lost it because he hasn't called me. I'm sure he loved our. Uh, He's just been looking our, for the uh, number. He just heard the yeah. new low morale. He's like, how do yeah. I get a hold? I've been looking to get a hold of you for exactly. years. If you ever go to a Rancis show and they're a little late getting on stage, it's because he was fumbling through his stuff looking for that CDR so he can call me. I'm going to, if I'm ever at a Rancid <laughs> show, I'll hold up a sign with your face on it. And just, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll know what it means. He'll, he'll know. be like, I saw him at our last show. Yeah, yeah, that last stop. We saw him at the last stop. Yeah. So, okay, so, and the story keeps going. So I remember watching, I remember watching Matchbook Romance on stage nice. and I looked to, and someone's kind of up against me, and I look, and it's Mike Carrera from MXPX, like, literally up against me. I don't know why he was so close, but I remember looking at him, and I'm kind of nodding, like, yo, what's up? And just, and then, like, I immediately just shit my pants. Um, so then people, some people are like, hey, are you going to come to the barbecue afterwards? I guess all the bands, like, get together every after every warp Tour. So we're in line. The casualty, like, I guess they take turns, like, different bands like cook the barbecue so the casualties are cooking hot dogs and we're in this line motion city soundtracks literally right in front of us in line <laughs> and and um and i'm like this is crazy and everyone's just hanging out and partying and and uh i see kevin lyman you know the owner of warp tour so i go up to him like hey man thank you so much for letting us play and he goes do you want to play the next few dates damn <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> like Jeez, he definitely man. thought he definitely thought we were a different band. He has to like, <laughs> like there's no way he had heard of us. Like we didn't even put out an album. I mean, we had stuff on like MySpace and all that stuff, but uh, and pure volume. But pure um, volume. so yeah. So <laughs> so I run to the band. I'm like, dude, Kevin Lyman just asked me want to play the next two dates, and it ended up our drummer was like, uh, he's like, I have a wedding tomorrow. I can't do it. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, what? Like, we're, we were asked to play work for you. He goes, you've obviously never been to an Italian wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so More like, important okay. than Warp Tour? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Damn. So um, I hope that was an awesome wedding, Frank. Because <laughs> Warp Tour wouldn't have been. Playing Warp, yeah, you exactly. would have forgotten about Warp Tour at this point. That little skit <laughs> yeah, yeah. on Warp Tour. You would have and, forgotten yeah. about it. Yeah, and I... Like, we don't even have, like, footage of that because, I mean, I don't know. Those are early guess, days. Those are, yeah, yeah you don't I mean, I guess shit is, is often. I guess, I guess like, some cell phones had cameras back then, but even so, they was, like, really grainy and 
Dude, even if you had video, yeah, I was about to say, think of the quality of that. Like, oh, that, yeah. that moving pixelated thing is Tim Armstrong. Yeah, I still would have, yeah, I still would have had to be like, I swear that's me. Yeah, just the, no, just the like muffled that, noise on, that, that like the, the cover would be like, even you playing along to him just coming out yeah. of that shitty little razor speaker too. Like, like I, <laughs> I swear it's Tim Armstrong. Like, yeah. that's just a homeless guy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'd have to uh, get like some kind of digital forensics team from like identific or uh, from uh, the dis- what's that one discovery, whatever. But uh, you know, investigative discovery or whatever that channel is. You need some professionals. You need them on the job for this. I need yeah, yeah, yeah. I need them to know this is. Tim I need Armstrong. the world to know that I'm not bullshitting. That I jam with Tim Armstrong. This is not a homeless man who just happened to know how to play <laughs> Ruby Soho. Yes. on an acoustic you know guitar. You know, it'd be really funny is if I really like, I don't, I didn't know it, but I had some like weird, like chemical reaction to something. And I like went into a coma and dreamed that whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing was made up. Or like I was, or like I was tripping on something and I really was just talking to a homeless guy outside of like a Kmart. <laughs> and in my head, I was backstage at Warp Tour. <laughs> it was outside, it was outside but of a dumpster like, of hot topics. But, yeah. That's why you thought you were at Warped. Yeah. But in my head, like I really do think it happened, but I didn't. <laughs> It was just a goth teen bringing the garbage out from Hot Topic. That's why you thought you were exactly. Oh my! Exactly. Damn. Like, I went up to like the janitor at Kmart, and I'm like, "Hey, can we get backstage?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." Where's Richard? Get him on the. He's over the loudspeaker in Kmart, asking for yeah, Richard yeah. Rains to come to the front yeah. desk. Yeah. Or Kevin Lyman, get to the front yeah. desk, please. I'm laying down. I'm ready for you. <laughs> oh wait, no, no. He'd be the one laying down. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're I, getting it all mixed up, man. I, yeah, I, <laughs> that's in my, that's actually my fantasy. I uh, no, I that was Tim Armstrong walking on your back. Yeah. <laughs> in that, some that was the part you left just, out. It's all mixed up. That was the part you left out of the story. <laughs> when I'm when I'm like 90 and trying to tell these stories, I'd be like, yeah, then Tim Armstrong walked on my back. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Travis Barker was there. I think yeah, it was yeah. the transplants. I think he yeah, watched. Think so. Yeah, Did then he you... performed the transplant. Did you like that that whole time though too? Like, were you waiting at all for them for just someone to go, "Hey, wait a second, Like, you're not like leading up to that that whole time, like with them helping you make posters and shit. Like, at that point, yeah. did you think you were just good, or were you waiting to get found out that whole time? No, you know, you you asking that now makes a hundred percent total sense. I think a normal person would be thinking that. <laughs> But not I, at all. But I back dude, back then I was so like just like I had tunnel vision. You know, my my goal was to, you know, take advantage of any opportunity, you know, I could possibly can to like make music, you know, a music career happen. Yeah. So like I just had tunnel vision and like that's all I cared about. You know what I mean? No so why that's admirable though, because like <laughs> Honestly, doing shit like that, I think you have to have such a confidence and maybe even a blind confidence to like. No, I, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Because if you go in thinking, if like, I guess really, like, if you went in there that whole time, and it makes sense because if you went in there thinking in the back of your head, I'm going to get caught, I'm going to get caught, it wouldn't work yeah. out. I think you yeah. need to have that tunnel vision that you're talking about where it's like, no, like, this makes sense. Like, I'll like, just go like, in, like, I'll just do these exactly. things. Like, honestly, I think part of the reason where I got this, like, idea that I can just do this shit is I would watch like behind the music on VH1 all the time. And there'd be artists that say, you know, that do stuff like this. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of like, like, you know, sneak their way into stuff. You know what I mean? And, and uh, 
like I would hear all these stories about how, you know, they went above and beyond and kind of just did the stuff that most people wouldn't even think to do or have the guts to do. And, you know, snuck in somewhere and talked to like, you know, a musician that they like looked up to or whatever and got hooked up or whatever. So yeah, I would just go above and beyond and just, I almost like wouldn't take no for an answer. It just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm sure a sane person would be like, dude, there's no way you're going to get into, they have like security. Like you're not going to get backstage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, but the thing is, is like the worst that could have happened is they would have said, no, you can't come back here. And then I'd be back where I was anyway. So, I mean, you know, that's like, a great way to think guess, of it. Honestly, you yeah, have not a lot I mean, to lose there. Exactly. When you have nothing to lose, uh, like, you know what I mean? As long as like, that the the negative outcome can't isn't that bad like i'm not going to be injured or in jail or you know anything like yeah, that yeah it's not going to end your career think, or anything like that exactly so it's like you might as well just go for it if you know it's a good point if no one's getting if no one's getting hurt and you know nothing is you know illegal or whatever i mean um, it ended pre- yeah. i mean you maybe didn't get to play all those other shows but i mean yeah it ended up in the long run it did work out like all those yeah, things it, worked out in your favor yeah, it was just it's just one of those things and yeah, I mean, I honestly I wish I still had I mean, that was over 15 years ago already. <laughs> like Damn. so yeah, I mean, as as I get older, I I definitely like lose a little of the confidence, you know, like because back then it was just especially when you're younger and you're like 20s and stuff, it's like you just think like you know, your whole life is ahead of you, you know, you have nothing to lose like you know what I mean? So, oh, and totally. as I get older, I get a little more like hip to like how depressing the world is. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it happens. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And like reality sets in a little bit. And, you know what I mean? And um, so, yeah. I mean, but I still try to, you know, I take it, you know, I guess I take whatever chances I can still and see what happens. So, if, but if uh, tomorrow I, we find out Warp Tour is coming back, are you jumping that fence and trying to go find Kevin Lyman again? Could you do that? I'm not present jumping the day? fence. I want to be led in by the security guard. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm just gonna say, hey, I'm here to get my credentials from Kevin. That's all you gotta like, do. Oh, okay. This works. Come on in. Damn, dude, just like clockwork. It's like, yeah, it worked again. The oh, I need my credential. You know what? That is genius on your part because it's like right away you're just kind of like, well, I don't have it, but this is why. You give them a reason exactly. right away. You establish why. Yeah. Like, because instead of you're if you're him and Han, they're gonna go, oh, get the hell out of here, kid. Like yeah. you're obviously not supposed to be here, but you set and, it up in a way like, no, nah, I'm supposed to be like, you're supposed to be helping me. Like I'm waiting now. I need you like, to go get me credentials. It was just that like, he threw me a softball. Like he, instead of, you know, <laughs> leaving it open-ended, he just said, he said like, Oh, are you here to get your credentials? And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, go on through. And Warped Tour is probably <laughs> one of the only places too. like, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, like a couple of like, teenagers like 20 year olds like coming in like that just asking that's not weird how many other you yeah. know what i mean like how many other guys probably dressed like you and everything like came in yeah. that day for credentials you know what i mean like you well, don't I look was, so out of place i was wearing a mini skirt and a tube top i was kind of going for like <laughs> like when uh and like leaning tunes and like bugs bunny would dress up to try to oh, like seduce right. summer yeah. fud that's what i that's what i think that might have been part of the key why it worked that's how you got in but, uh, that, yeah, was, really that was the part you in. forgot it. That, yeah, you left and that I, part out. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I totally <laughs> glossed over that part. And I just, you know, like fluttered my eyelashes or my eyelids. And... Your sweet talking worked. Yeah, yeah. Got to do what you got to do, man. It's a tough business. Security guards, yeah. Kevin Lyman and Tim Armstrong. You're melting <laughs> You're melting hearts just as, exactly. as you go along. 
I guess so. But um. Oh man. Yeah. So. So to answer your question, an hour later, <laughs> yes, me and Bobby have jammed. Oh my god, <laughs> that is a great. Oh my god, that was amazing, dude. That you even remembered oh, but, the start but, of that. <laughs> but, Props to but you. There, but we, me and Bobby, actually do have another project uh, called Break Routine. We released a couple EPs. We haven't done anything in a while now, but um, I think there's some stuff on YouTube and stuff. But um, yeah. So we have collaborated on, on some other stuff and he helps me demo and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, he's more of like a singer songwriter kind of, kind of vibe now. Oh, totally. And, um, uh, I mean, he's a, he's, you know, he's a great pop, uh, songwriter and, but you know, I'm a little more, uh, I'm a little more, I guess, punk. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I, I know. But, that, uh, I think if people listen though, to like, well, I think they would know what you mean. Like I totally yeah. know what you're saying, but I mean, you know, one thing that we both have in common is we both love melody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and Bobby always says that he's like, I think the reason why you write such catchy stuff is because you have like really bad ADD. So if it's not catchy, you won't remember it. <laughs> so you got to write something memorable. Which is kind of a backhanded compliment, but I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I like writing stuff that like I could picture being in the crowds singing along to, you know what I mean? Oh, I hear that on the new. I hear it on the new uh, album. There's definitely yeah. like sing along parts. Like I, I can see these songs. Like you'd be a fun live band to go see. I think for sure. Like these songs would yeah. work live. That that's actually always been been my uh, view of it, almost to a fault where it's almost a bad thing because like I'm I always think like as long as you know my my goal is kind of like when people see us live I want them to be like I want everyone to be like entertained whether they like love our music or not maybe they think we suck. Maybe they think we're okay, but I want everyone to leave like having a good time. Um, and I, like, when I think back, I think like when me and Bobby are in the honor, I feel like I kind of was so concerned with putting on a, like a really energetic, awesome, you know, interactive show that I almost like wasn't concentrating on how good I was singing. So it's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and people always like, Oh, he's just a good front man. And then, you know, but then I realized I'm like, I probably should have been concentrating more on actually sounding good, but I don't know. Maybe that goes along with, the whole punk vibe i don't know there's a i feel <laughs> like there's a balance of that because you can there is like there's bands where like i mean honestly blink 182 kind of comes to mind where like i don't know that they always sound tight live but i've seen yeah. or heard performances where it's more of a feeling you know what i mean they're playing sloppy yeah. but if you're watching it you go oh damn like if you were in that audience you get feeding off that energy like yeah, they're not five. They're not, and I love Blink One Eighty Two. Like, they're not world class musicians. They're up there trying to like play their yeah. songs perfectly. But it's like you, you do, you get that the that part of that compromise is the energy that they're giving you. You know, it is kind of exactly. that like balance. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I grew up listening to Blink too, and I always felt they kind of like practice their banter more than their actual songs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> because, probably true. Because every time, every time I've seen Blink, like. Tom's guitar is super out of tune, <laughs> like he's singing out of tune. But their banter is is perfect. Is total. Their banter is always in tune. And it's so I love it too because I've seen them. I've seen them play like multiple times on one tour. And I remember the opening band. Yeah. I remember Panic at the Disco opened for them, and everything they said in between songs was literally. I saw them like three times on that tour. They said the same shit in between songs. Whereas Blink came out oh, yeah. just off the cuff ridiculous and funny every time it didn't matter tom yeah. DeLong would and it mo i mean both of them and they feed off each other but i would say tom 
is the king of stage banter with that and just oh, the sure. funniest shit just out of nowhere like just ad-libbed not not really like and, and you're right like just so like that's the performance too there's the music but then there's the shit in between their songs and like yeah i listened to that uh the mark tom and travis oh the banter on CD, that, that whole I, bonus I love, songs the, just i the, love that but but if you listen to it like today, you're like, wow, like they would definitely be canceled. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. Some they're... of the stuff they're saying. 100 percent. Like, a couple things are a little like cringe, like just being in today's like world, like and hearing it again. Oh, even but, Satan. You know, I think then... even even the Satan character might, might not be. Oh, no. Right the, Satan's to- the, the, the Satan holds up, I think. Oh, you th- I mean, I love <laughs> Satan, too. I think if there's great. ever a time where Satan works, it's now. Oh, either. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are living in Satan's. Yeah, that's a good right point. Now. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> no, I love that album. But um, what was I going to say about that? Just the banter. Um, yeah. I think you were talking about yeah, the banter. Yeah, banter. Yeah, but um, yeah, I do think it's funny that Tom would always say like the craziest, most immature stuff, and then. Then he's like, I'm gonna start Angels and Airwaves, and I'm gonna be like, the, like Bono, and be super serious. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're saying like fart and like it <laughs> is- fart jokes, and talking about like having sex with dogs, like a few years ago, bro. Oh no, you're but, like, yeah. like 100. There's one. Here's a here's a joke song of me having sex with my dad. Now let's talk yeah. about like uh, like aliens and other universes and black holes yeah, and yeah. things. <laughs> it, it is a wild. It is a wild spectrum of like Tom DeLonge. Topics. It's just like a. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a very hard turn, like turn. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a great. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's like he's going from he's he's going from like uh, I don't know, like from being like Mr. Bean to being Gandhi. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's it like, is, and it is really like, I, it I, like I feel him. like there should have been something in between the two. You know what I mean? Well, okay. I think it'll forever plague him because I think there's that part of him that yeah, like, and I think that's still in him, like just dick jokes and stuff. But there's that other side of him that I think so badly wants people to take him seriously. But the problem is, like you, you got big off an album called Enema of the State. Like it's hard, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to shake that image where for 20 years, like running around naked, every album title is a dick joke. You know, there's, there's like, I mean, basically everything is it. Your, your career is built on dick jokes. So it's like, exactly. It's hard to, it's hard to be too angry. And I don't know that he's angry, but I do think it plagues him that like people still want that side of him when sometimes I think he does just want to talk about like Bigfoot and aliens and not joke <laughs> around. Yeah. And did you know that like I feel stupid? I've been listening to Blink for over 20 years and I just, like last year realized that dude ranch is like a metaphor yeah. for sperm. I just realized that last year too, dude. For, for ejaculate. I never got that like dude bro, ranch. Bro, it like, was like 11 o'clock at night. I swear to you like a year or so ago. And I don't even know what the hell I was doing, but just late at night it popped in my head and I went, oh, that's it. That's a yeah, joke like, too. I always thought the joke was that dude ranch is a real kind of ranch and they were using the word dude like in the, you know, like in the skate community or, you know, like in the yeah. West Coast, like they would say dude. So I thought that was the joke that the word dude isn't it. But then I realized, yeah, it's ejaculate. <laughs> well, because also the pictures, like I look at it and I go like with the bowl, you know, like with the bowl and they, you know, the big, huge bowl balls on it. And then those pictures, like the yeah. inside is, has all those funny pictures of them on a dude ranch. So like I never went any further than just thinking, Taking oh, it literally, yeah, yeah kind, kind of, of, kind of literally, which is yeah. silly because I that would have meant that they just called it Dude Ranch and then afterwards decided to like take those pictures yeah. and shit. So some of my logic doesn't make total sense now. And that I look and back, that, 
And the bull on the cover did have huge balls, so oh, he had huge. a lot of dude ranch. Yeah, in like, there. like I thought but, that was the joke. Honestly, that was the yeah. joke. I thought it was just those huge. There's huge yeah. bull balls on it, and they can yeah. get away with doing that. It's like calling yeah. their album "Enemy of the State" or "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Like you yeah, can do, exactly. you can get away with it, so you just do it. Exactly, but and I mean, and I also don't want to, you know, act like oh, you know, you need to only have you know one one view or like one vibe, and you're not allowed to have anything else. Because, I mean, you know, we all have different facets of our personality and everything. It's oh, like, for sure. I mean, I kind of struggle with that myself, even, you know, in writing music. Because, you know, I, I listen to everything from, like, you know, fat record stuff to, you know, more like emo. You know, I grew up listening to, like, the Get Up Kids and, nice. you know, more like emo stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I, you know, I kind of feel like I'm doing, like, a balancing act between, like, West West Coast skate punk you know, East Coast, like, emo and Midwest, like, I don't know, rock. Like, so it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I almost feel like sometimes we're, like, too punk for the emo kids and too emo for the punk kids. <laughs> because I, we kind of, like, yeah, so, because we kind of just straddle that, you know, I don't know, that middle ground there. I don't know. No, I can I can hear it. Like, I, I can definitely hear it in the music. And there is, like... It is, I, I think, including if you look back at like a lot of the classic bands we've been talking about, um, like a lot of the pop punk is very much a like Southern California kind of West Coast thing, and a lot yeah. of that great like emo and post hardcore and like some of that like you know, I mean, not even totally out of that out of that like wheelhouse, but still like you know, sadder or whatever you want to say, heavier yeah. version of it is more midwest like the midwest yeah, is mid- where midwest that good and stuff East coast have, a, have so many great yes. emo and i mean yeah i mean look at like new jersey alone oh my god uh, saves the day lifetime senses fail i mean you can go on and that on with entire all the great... state like is yeah. so yeah that that is there's, one that gets mentioned on this show a lot there's a lot yeah. of a lot of there's amazing bands from there there's something in the water in like in like New Jersey and Chicago and in yes, like Chicago's another <laughs> and in like Southern California it's yeah, like, Chicago I also yeah, I mean, think too it's partly like I think the weather and stuff like that because in my opinion like if you go and hang out in like San Diego or something you get why blink is the way they are because like you can't really be that sad it's like sunny yeah. and beaches and shit like you need to be in like the Midwest with lake effect snow and it like is dark and snowing at five o'clock in December. Exactly. And like, you know, you have time to either be in the house writing or you're just sad and depressed in a way that you're not going to exactly. get on a sunny beach as hard as exactly. you try. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I like, you know, even though I love, you know, bands from all those areas, probably like my, my very favorite bands are from like Chicago or the East coast. Like I'm like, oh, probably my favorite band is probably like, might be like alkaline trio yes i like which you know like our song international no when i hear a lot like oh i thought that was alkaline trio there's some heavy trio cool vibes because, on that <laughs> no i mean i i i you know i definitely going in i was like wow this sounds very alkaline trio but you know it's whatever like they're in one of my way. biggest influences yeah and like i love it and what's great what's great about me and steve writing together is he'll write like instrumental and he'll have one idea in his head and then I'll put the vocals over it and I'll have a totally different idea. Cause like I listen, you know, I listen to like, all, like I love like dance rock. I love like indie rock. I like, you know, and he listens to a lot of more like just like punk rock. So there was like, I think it was uh, quarantine dreams 
when he was writing it, he was picturing like more of like a Millencolin vibe. And nice. then when I wrote the vocals for it, I was almost picturing like this band Basement from the UK that I love. This kind of neo. Oh, they're definitely different than Millencolin. Like, emo band. Yeah, very different. <laughs> both have ac- Both have accents, but um, yeah. So I mean, that's what I love about about being in a band with Steve is he's not only a great songwriter, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll have kind of two different, slightly different influences and just mash it together. So, and they kind of create something that like, it's not reinventing the wheel, but you know, it kind of, it's, it's different enough where, you know, you can't really pinpoint exactly what it is. Um, well, some songs like international, no one, but, um, yeah, but like some songs, like you can't really like pinpoint exactly like, you know, is this like more of like an emo song? Is it more of like a punk rock song? Is it more like alternative? Like, and I kind of like that because I feel like there's so many bands that just go out there and just like literally try to sound like one band. Like there's so many bands out there just trying to sound like, like title fight or like, you oh, know, there's a ton of that right now <laughs> or trying to sound like citizen or, you know, that whole scene. There's so many bands that are just like that kind of like Neo grunge indie emo vibe. And which I, and I dig some of those bands, but it's just like, but like, no, when but- I grew up, it's like, yeah, well, like, well, like when we grew up listening to music, it's like when you hear Ghetto Kids, you know right away that's Ghetto Kids. When you hear yeah. Up on Trio, you know right away that's Up on Trio. When you hear, you know, you know, like so many different bands, like Rancid, you know it's Rancid, you know. And then like there's bands like Hot Rod Circuit, who you know they're oh, like, oh, let's yeah. add a little, let's uh, let's add a little twangy southern guitar to you know to this you know emo rock or whatever. So I like bands that kind of have their own sound. So at least with most of our stuff, it's like we kind of we kind of put enough stuff in the blender to kind of in a way make it our own, I guess. I don't know. No, I, I agree with that. Cause I think, I think it's a lot of your songs go in places that are less predictable than maybe they would be if you were just both like trying to sound like one band or just try to be like a straight up pop punk band or like a band that sounds like a throwback to this or that. Like I feel, I feel like there's like a blending of everything yeah. and you, you have a good point. Cause like, I, I think right now you see a lot of it. I, I love Title Fight, but I think we're at a point now where bands, they're a band who seems to have really big influence on current bands. And mm-hmm. if you are influenced by them, there's so many good bands who you're like, oh, I can tell they listen to Title Fight. But the yeah. difference is the bands, you're right, who go, they just straight up want to sound like Title Fight. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. That's when you start getting those copies where it's like, like I, I was just talking to a uh, a local musician a few weeks ago on here talking about pop punk and like again kind of going back to Blink. I love Blink, and sure, if you're influenced by Blink, I mean, I'll probably like what you're doing. But bands who try to just straight up be Blink, they're terrible. They're always yeah. bad. It's never good. So it's like, yeah, you gotta know that line. It's one thing to be influenced by something, but then just trying to like rewrite that band's music or whatever it's like you're just gonna fail miserably because you're not that person yeah like someone once told me i think i was at a party and some dude i think it was tim armstrong no i'm kidding just some <laughs> random dude at a party no seriously i remember i was in the kitchen and wasted and some dude was like hey man we we're talking about music and he's like uh we were talking about just like you know bands you know songwriting and stuff and he was like um he's like you should always try to like sound like yourself because if you're trying to sound like a certain band, that band already exists. So unless you could play their songs better than they could, don't try to sound like them. Sound like yourself. That's a good point. And I thought point. that was like, yeah. So, uh, but um, yeah. So I kind of took that. You know, I I always kind of kept it in the, in the back of my head. So I don't know. It's but, a wise yeah, piece I mean, of wisdom. 
Yeah, exactly. And I love Title Fight. I love like you know bands like Fiddlehead and like all that stuff. Like I'm all about it. Um, so yeah. I but, I think uh, they're a band. I've been calling it for a while. Like those those bands who weren't huge when they were around, but then are broken up, and then like ten ten years later, whatever, maybe a little longer. Mm-hmm. All of a yeah. sudden, like there's this huge. They like. Once they broke up, they influenced waves and waves of bands. Then will like kind of come back and play the festival circuit and shit. That's what I see. Title sure. fights future being. I one hundred percent that they'll be like the next jawbreaker. Like you're not. Yeah, you're, you're sure. somewhat big. Like you're not big, but maybe you're torn shit when you're around initially. But after yeah. years of being broken up, all of a sudden your sound is all over. Everyone's influenced by you, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you just blew the hell up years after the fact. I, I really think that's going to happen with title fight. Yeah, I could t- I could definitely see that. Like I always see like tweets and memes and stuff like, oh, you know, waiting for this uh, pandemic to end is like waiting for title fight to get back together. <laughs> you know, everyone had to and shit on like, Hyperview. This is what we get. You all yeah, should have liked exactly. Hyperview. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's right. They started getting a little more shoegazy, and you could tell they bought a bunch of like effects pedals. Oh, they bought the phasers. <laughs> they went they went hard in the phasers. Yeah, they put phasers on fun, <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, yeah, they, I mean, they changed the sound, their sound a little bit, but, you know, I, still, I liked that I, album. I still dig it. Um, oh, yeah, going back to, like, when you're talking about how you feel like maybe, like, the region where bands are from kind of, like, affect the way they sound. Oh, yeah. Um, one band that, like, I love so much, I just thought of it because I was listening to today, is this band Banner Pilot. One of my Fat favorites. Records. One of the best yeah. uh, fat bands. Yeah, and I think I love, I, I think part of the reason why I love them is, they're from Minneapolis, which actually where where me and Bobby lived for a while, um, when we were younger. Um, where a lot of great bands, Motion City Soundtrack, uh, Dillinger Four. Yes. There's like a ton of great bands from Minneapolis, but um, yeah, like that band, like a lot of their songs are kind of about you know mention like the like the cold and oh absolutely you know like kind of having like defrost and just waiting for sunshine and they had this lyric. Uh, I actually, the song um, Summer Somewhere on our album is actually a Banner Pilot lyric. Um, he says it's Summer Somewhere, which always kind of like like stuck in my head because it's just a great lyric. Like, you know, it's it's warmer somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's kind, of a, it's kind of like a hopeful, especially living in Minneapolis where it's like super cold and the snow like does not melt. It just piles up. And Oh, there. But yeah, and like. You yeah, wouldn't have like that they, aggression if you were a West Coast man. Like even in like their yeah. vocals and shit. Like that's a gruff six month yeah. hard winters. Like stuck inside darkness real early. Like they're one that pops. Like if we're talking Midwest pop punk, they are like yeah. the first band to jump in my head. Yeah, like you could hear in his voice. He was just out shoving his driveway for like four <laughs> hours. You could totally hear it in his voice. He's sick of this shit. <laughs> I, I love it too. You know? I lived in I lived in Minneapolis for a year, and there's lots of just even oh, little awesome. references in their lyrics that you're like, oh, oh yeah. shit, like just a street, like just Garfield yeah. Avenue, even like listening to Skeleton yeah. Key, you're like, oh shit, Garfield Ave. I bet you know I've hung yeah. out there, like just things and, like that. And same with like Atmosphere, who's an awesome hip hop group from uh, Minneapolis. They both like they'll like mention street names. Like I think uh, Banner Pilot and Atmosphere like mentioned like Lindell Avenue. Yeah, uh, which. I used to like go by all the time. It's like where the Best Buy headquarters is. I saw the Foo Fighters play in a Best Buy on Lindell Avenue. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sick. Um, but um, yeah, like it's it's cool, like you know, hearing those little landmarks and everything. But yeah, um, I don't know, man. But I guess being from Cleveland, which is kind of you know they call it the the heartland <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> I guess I just I guess I just kind of absorb sounds from 
you know, all over, all around me. I mean, so. you're the beginning of, uh, at least for me, because I'm in Western New York, so, like, Ohio's the beginning of the Midwest. So, like, in my eyes, anytime I'm, like, heading west, you're you're the beginning. I mean, like, I get yeah. there. I'm like, you guys are the start of it. So it only makes sense that that's, like, for sure. where influence and sound comes from. And you definitely fit in exactly. with all that. Definitely for Midwest, sure. like, pop punk. Yeah. And there's been there's a bunch of bands from Cleveland now that are getting pretty big. Um, the two biggest bands right now that just got signed, you know, or not just got signed, but heart attack man and heart and lung oh two uh, great bands oh both those we should bands. Have, if we would have had heart in our name we would, we would have been signed by now <laughs> but uh we fucked up again dude but, um, you really yeah. did <laughs> yeah so yeah um yeah heart attack man is like blowing up uh they used to practice right like in the next room when we, at our, our we had this old pra- uh, practice spot i won't say the name of it in case there's any stalkers out there um <laughs> heart attack man stalkers in case there's but yeah there's a like a big warehouse where you could rent out rooms and uh we'd always see them in the halls and stuff they're like awesome dudes and then heart and lung we played a few shows with they're great and uh yeah and then there's like light years from kent i love light years um, they're another good one yeah ironically kent or they're from kent and their drummer kent used to be in a band before this band i was in a band that he uh, drummed for and he used to just fill in for them once in a while. And then after we broke up, he just started drumming full time for them. So that's pretty awesome. He's a great drummer. No, you guys have like, um, there are some really, uh, there's some really good bands that have come out of Cleveland, yeah. even in, like recent years. Oh yeah. I mean, there's all a, those like, are recent. There's a ton of great bands. There's a band called worship this that are on anti flags record label, AF records. They're from, uh, if they're not from Cleveland, they're from like around here. Um, yeah, they're great. Um, I don't know. There's just so many good bands. It's bands uh, and venues. You guys have some of the best venues, I would say, like in the country. Being being from a small area, like if I go to shows, it's either Buffalo, Cleveland, Erie, or uh, Pittsburgh. And I would say of, of yeah. all of them, Cleveland Cleveland's the one with the best venues and normally the best shows. Yeah, there's a lot, you know. People kind of talk shit about Cleveland or whatever because you know we're not nah, New York them. or even Ch- or Chicago. But yeah, I mean, but the thing is, that, like, if you actually like hang out around here and like explore, you'll find some awesome stuff. Like, shout out to the Grog Shop, one of my oh, favorite one of venues. the best venues, man, one of the best venues and, in the uh, world. Yeah, and like, I actually I work I bartended there, um, and they also have a club downstairs called B Side. I would bartend at yes. for like I for like five actually right right up until the pandemic, um, and they're so cool. Like Kathy, the owner you know, would do all she could to kind of like, she tried to raise money and send us, you know, some funds or whatever to pay our bills. And, um, this, this great artist, Jake Kelly, who does a lot of our, um, a lot of like fan, like flyers and stuff and artwork around here. He, uh, did an awesome, like little, uh, drawing that he like made posters of and signed and he raised a bunch of money for the staff. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of great venues. Uh, Mahal's is right down the street for me. Another one I love. Um, yeah, there's uh, now, uh, now that's class where, where uh, we'll be playing supposedly March 13th <laughs> with spells. Um, Which if yeah. you're in the area, I mean, we're again, uh, we're down here in Jamestown, but Cleveland's like if people go to shows, Cleveland is definitely like within our within our area, like a two and a half yeah. hour drive. So, I mean, if you're if you're near Cleveland, go check that out as long as yeah. it happens. I mean, the show's maybe canceled. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find and, you out. Know, You'll find yeah. out. But, like, if I it's mean, going on, go ahead I mean, up don't, there. don't fly in from Alaska <laughs> to go to a show in Cleveland. because You're you listening be to this in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> hold off. Yeah. Maybe hold yeah, off. Yeah, hold off. Yeah, it shows, you know, 
you know, I mean, you know how things are. So maybe many just grab tickets at the door. If you're coming yeah, yeah, from Alaska, yeah. <laughs> just grab tickets at the door. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, the scenes, the, the scenes, awesome. I remember honestly, back when me and Bobby were in the honor roll together, the scene was a lot different. It was back in like the screamo days and stuff. And it was very competitive. It was super competitive. Um, and like, you know, we, we kind of like party together and stuff, but I feel like at the end of the day, it was like a race to see who can get signed next. <laughs> We're like, now I feel like things are a lot more supportive and a lot more like mature. <laughs> and uh, that's a lot better for a scene. I don't, I don't yeah. feel like you want the competition so much in a scene. Exactly. Exactly. And, but I do remember there was a band, um, that used to open for me and Bobby called driver said impact who, um, ended up getting signed to victory. Um, you know, they're from Cleveland and they, what was I going to say? I definitely should not have smoked that weed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyway, okay. I don't know what I was going to say. So we were actually, I think we were at that club B side and, um, Brennan, the singer of Jarrison impact came up to me and Bobby and he said, this is right after they got signed. And he's like, Hey, I just want you guys to know that I'm going to come back and get you both signed. I want to make Cleveland like the new Chicago, you know, because in Chicago, you know, Fall Out Boy went and made, you know, got everyone else signed, you know, Jim oh, Class yeah, Heroes, yeah. the Academy is, Plain White Tees, you know. Half a few uh, by Ramen, I feel like, with Chicago bands. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I feel like all the Chicago bands, like, really, really, like, you know, helped each other out and stuff. So, he, you know, he wanted to, he's like, I want to make Cleveland, Cleveland like the new Chicago, and I'm going to come back and get all you guys signed. And, you know, and he was stoked because they were just, they were doing a house of blues tour with like Bayside. It's like 2005 or something. And then they ended up breaking up after like a couple of years. So oh, that never, that never happened, but <laughs> we were, we were almost Cleveland was so close to being next Chicago. Damn. Um, it just fell through, but, um, Oh, <laughs> there was one more thing I was going to say about something. Um, what were we talking about before? I don't know. I give up. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, okay, never mind. We were, we were, uh, I mean, we were talking about Cleveland venues, and then, uh, oh man, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of, of like where to retrace from there. <laughs> oh no, yeah, we're screwed. That, that's okay. Sorry, I, and, I started petting my dog, and he's so cute, and I just totally blanked out. Okay, he's, he's got that. <laughs> he's got that. You put me in a trance. I got a. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah. So. Damn dog, gotcha. Yeah, but, he uh, got me again. He did it again. <laughs> So uh I mean as far as low morale we got we got new music people should go check out you you should you hopefully have a show coming up and uh sounds like yep. you're working on new music so I mean like yep. yeah what what's the future I guess all together you think have in store for a uh, low morale what can we expect Well we uh we're hoping to play a lot more shows um assuming you know we literally can um with all the uh cancellations and everything but yeah we want to play a lot of shows I would love to tell you that we're going to uh, be recording this year. Hopefully we'll make it happen. We do have a few more songs written um, and just, uh, you know, maybe sneak into warp tour or something. I don't know. <laughs> Go hang out with Tim Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. Jam, jam with Tim Armstrong. I don't know. Something like that. The norm, um, the normal Wednesday yeah. night in Cleveland. Yeah. Maybe walk on someone's back. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All at the grog shop. <laughs> All at the grog shop, yep. All of this goes it down all, on the grog shop it all, stage. 
It all comes full circle. <laughs> it's a benefit to save the grog. Walk on yeah. Tim Armstrong's back for $5. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I think I just saved live music, you guys. I just exactly. saved a lot of venues around the country. You figured it out. You figured it out. <laughs> Everyone's been sitting here scratching their head in this whole time. It was right I, under our nose. It was right on our oh. back. <laughs> it was right under our back. It was right backs. under our back. The small of our back this whole time. Yeah, exactly. But uh no, well, that that is rad man. I mean the uh the the new release is great. I mean I think and we'll play we'll play some shit after this here. I think pop cool. punk fans and you know, just fans of, of the show in general will like what you guys do. But uh I don't know, cool. like like where can people find the music? Where can they find you online? Like all all that good stuff. People enjoyed this. Where can they now stay connected with Justin Vaughn and low morale? Well, um, I think if you just go to allmylinks.com slash low morale, that will bring you to all of our links. <laughs> that will bring you to all of my links. Um yeah, so allmylinks.com slash low morale. Um you can look look us up on uh Instagram and Twitter, we're at the low morale. Um, yeah, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, YouTube. Just look us up, I guess, and uh, or just look up low morale if you're depressed and want to solve that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully this year we'll um, have some more music, play some shows, and have some fun. So yeah, yeah, hopefully that that's can all much it. hopefully that all go down. That'd be a uh, that's not a bad year. And I, uh, yeah. I actually just moved back from Minneapolis, December of 2019, just before. Oh wow! Just, and I, I was just moving back very temporarily, honestly, like six months or so. But anyway, I, uh, I had just gone back before the pandemic, and I did not get a chance to see a. Sh- actually, I saw no shows before the pandemic. But I kicked myself because the last show I was supposed to see before the pandemic was I was driving up to see the Get Up Kids at the Grog Shop. Oh, nice! And I yeah. didn't make it. And then the goddamn pandemic started, and that was it. And it was like, oh, I guess I'm not seeing. So it's been. I was thinking about this the other day. I think the last show I saw in Cleveland was 2018, I believe, with the Lawrence Arms, Sincere Engineer, and Red City Radio at the Grog Shop. I think that was the last show I saw in Cleveland. It has been okay, yeah. so long. I- I love Red City Radio too. They're great. Um, yeah, man. Like, it's been too yeah. long. It has been too long. I think the last show I played was probably two years ago at the Grog Shop with Direct Hit nice. and Heart and Heart and Lung, uh, Cleveland favorites. And yeah, it's been a long time. I really just want to play a show. Uh, we were supposed to play with Teenage Bottle Rocket. That kind of fell through because there was some uh, drama going on with them, and so we just dropped off. Um, <laughs> but. But yeah, so um, yeah, hopefully we'll play some shows and have some fun. Hopefully, if you're in, whether you're in Alaska or in Cleveland or anywhere, come fly out, drive out, and uh, come rock out with us and have some fun. No, it'd be awesome. Lots of uh, lots of good venues to play. Lots of good bands to play with. Heart and Lung, honestly, is one I did not hear until they signed with Red Scare, and I was kicking myself because I'm like, damn, how many shows did they play that I missed just up the road? You know- you know what's really funny? There's not a lot that I could think of, like bands that sound kind of like us and Heart and Lung have like a little bit of that Fat Records vibe mixed in, and a lot of other bands are like around Cleveland are more of like the indie emo vibe for the most part. So I feel like it's it's either um, 
Austin Hart and Long trying to get on the same shows. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like as soon as like, you know, Red City Radio comes or, you know, <laughs> a band like that comes, we're both like, okay, who can get on that? <laughs> you guys got to <laughs> so, you guys got to work together. We got to get a, uh, a yeah. like local show going. That is definitely one I would uh come up and see. I would definitely like yeah. to check that out. Yeah, they're they're great though. Um there's so many great bands in Cleveland and uh so many great venues. So hopefully when this pandemic is over, if it ever is over, um, and you're ever out here, please support the local venues and everything and some great restaurants too. That's a whole other podcast though. Oh, Cleveland rules. But, uh, people, people don't realize I, I was talking the band I interviewed earlier from Milwaukee and it's just the same thing. It's like, people don't realize all the rad cities in the Midwest just cause it's like cold. So they kind of yeah. like either never check it out or whatever, whatever reason they don't realize it's like, Oh, some of the coolest places in the country are just like up north in like the Rust Belt. It's like there's some of the best oh, yeah. places you'll find. Because if you think about it, like it makes sense. Like people think it's just like flyover states, but like, you know, the people that are actually here feel kind of stuck here. So it's like we might as well have some cool shit to do while we're stuck here, right? You oh, know tons what I mean? of so red. There's, there's tons of awesome restaurants. Like so many restaurants have been on like, you know, the Food Network and stuff here because there's nothing to do other than just stuff your face. So, you know, and rock out some music. So, um, like the, the Ohio flag should just be somebody rocking out, stuffing their face with a cheeseburger <laughs> <laughs> because we have great venues, great food. My, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I miss, I miss going, seeing a show over at the grog and eating a greasy ass piece of pizza at guys pizza <laughs> afterwards. Oh uh, man. I, I miss it. I have to, uh, I have to get, get back up there for, uh, for something and, uh, hopefully it'll be a low morale show. Maybe a low yeah. morale, heart and lung Bobby Vaughn show. Just a yeah, big ass it. stacked lineup. Let's do it. All right. I, I'm into it. I Let's you, do it. You Let's have do one the Power Court sold, Hour man. presents. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> I've never been yeah, on a show. Great. This might be a good first one. <laughs> yeah, man. Sometimes things just happen organically like this. One minute we're bullshitting about it. The next minute the next we're uh, at, a sold, at a sold out uh, Power Court Hour. Festival. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> and, then, and then I feel like you have to have Bobby guest up there for those power, for those pick slides that he did on the album. You've got to have him just for that though. He doesn't for nothing else. He just walks out with his strat and just does a pick and then like leaves yeah. the stage again and just comes he literally, back out. he's not even in the building. He walks into the building, walks up on stage. He's wearing his guitar the whole time, does the slide, walks off stage, goes outside. A few songs later, he walks back in the building, does the slide, walks out. And the whole time the guitar, the, the guitar is on him. <laughs> while he's walking out you can't introduce him either never don't don't ever bring it up during it don't bring him up when he's off the stage don't go thanks bobby for coming like never acknowledge it never acknowledge it at all and he'll have just a blank stare on his face maybe almost a little bitter (laughs) he just looks he looks really angry like he looks like he was forced to be there yeah this this was not this was a favor asked upon him and he was really put in like a position where he couldn't say no like it looks like he's being blackmailed for something horrible, maybe some cr- some horrible crimes, maybe murders. Yeah, you can tell he's like, and and the he's made a mistake in his life, but the real mistake is now he has to be up here doing this pick slide, or else you'll reveal that mistake to everybody. Yeah, there's just a real look of worry, anger, frustration. <laughs> he's like, in a cold sweat, and the, he's just yeah, and he's flustered. He's thinking of what key, he's so flustered. He's trying to think of what key the songs in, even though he's just doing a, a pick slide. He can't remember what key, what key you're in. Um, but it's the best pick slides you've ever 
fucking heard. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. He seems like uh, like he can. I, oh, I've heard <laughs> some pick slides record. What am I saying? Oh, I know yeah. he can pick slide. Oh, he could pick slide with the better than the best of them, I should say. <laughs> I love. You know what? Yeah, we've. Uh, hopefully, people listening to this. I mean, it's something I've known. But if you don't know about the Cleveland scene, maybe. Uh, hopefully, this is like educated you. Let you know yeah. some of the great venues and music and all that. But uh, yeah. We'll we'll get into some good music right now. We'll play some uh, low morale. So we'll we'll kick it off. And maybe maybe if you're uh, listening to the radio show, we'll throw like some Heart and Lung and and some Heart Attack Man and some other like great Ohio bands in here. But either way, you're listening. Maybe to the pod- some maybe some Heart the band. Some Heart as well. One of one yeah. of everyone's favorite Midwest emo bands. Heart. <laughs> <laughs> who yeah. could who could forget the emo classic yes. Barracuda? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, that chugging. There is some chugging in that. Actually, now that there I think is. about it, we, you just put some distortion on that. Actually, I keep getting sidetracked. I'm I'm bad as this. There's about as much <laughs> phasers on that song as Title Fight. You would start to think that Heart was uh, influenced by Title Fight. Exactly. That I mean, reach like really goes. That Title Fight reach really knows it, no genres. Hey, but it was worth it. It was worth it for Title Fight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, this has been this has been great. I hope everyone uh, listening enjoys uh, hearing this conversation as much as it is just talking shit, talking music here with Justin. So uh, we're gonna get into it right now. Here is low morale, international no one, right here on the Power Chord Hour. I don't need.
This is Bobby Vaughn, and you're listening to the Power Chord Hour. podcast a block of low morale for you that was can't get you before that was existing is exhausting and opening up that block of music was international no one all three of those off the debut from low morale making you better feeling go grab that on uh, Bandcamp. you can go find it everywhere else but like i always say go to Bandcamp. that uh that supports bands the best you know what i mean or like i feel like they get the uh they see the most of your dollar out of Bandcamp. so Go to Bandcamp, but you know you can go find it other places as well. 
But I uh, want to thank Justin for calling in. Had a great time chatting. He, uh, it's it's funny. We've probably, if you go back, because like we mentioned, Bobby Vaughn, who uh, has been on the show twice now, uh, Justin's uh, younger brother. Uh, we've talked about Justin, I'm sure, at least a few times on the show, just talking to Bobby. I'm sure he's come up. So uh, someone who very well might have been talked about on the show like five years ago, even uh, finally on was uh, great to talk to him and just talk about Cleveland music and everything. Hilarious, hilarious guy. It was uh, also I, I love I do love a little shit talking. And, uh, you know, I think that was like just the right amount. You know what I mean? Like like just enough. Nothing, nothing uh, awful or, you know, nothing like uh, groundbreaking. But, uh, you know, just fun, just fun to uh, discuss. I I love hearing stories like that. I like hearing the good stories, but you want to hear you want to hear more of the chaotic stories as well, because they are there, you know, whether whether or not, you know, uh, people people tell them to you, those those chaotic stories are probably there if they're, uh, you know, if they're playing enough shows or touring or whatever. You're just bound to. I mean, by the amount of people you meet or, you know, just being in all those different cities uh, you know, whatever it is, you're, you're bound to have some wild stories and Justin shared some and uh very, very rad dude. Definitely have to have him back. Maybe one day we'll have, uh, him and Bobby on at the same time. I think that would be fun. I, uh, I forgot to ask him actually. I, I totally forgot to ask him if he remembers, uh, hanging out once with, uh, me, him and his brother, which again, speaking of which I'm pretty sure we talked about last time Bobby was on here. But uh, I I have, in fact, hung out with Justin in real life. But it was like, I mean, at this point, it was like, I think, five years ago. And it was literally a night. So I, I don't know if he remembers or not. But uh, either way, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. I forgot to ask him. And uh, I'll have to ask him next time. But uh, yeah, this was this was very fun. Hopefully you enjoyed podcast number 89 right here with Justin Vaughn of Low Morale. Uh, maybe if you're listening near, you know, it's weird because obviously this gets played on the radio show and uh, that gets played here in Jamestown. And while you can listen to that everywhere, wink, wink, you you can uh, stream that radio, that radio show uh, from anywhere. You know, being in the Jamestown listening area, I, Cleveland, Cleveland, even though we're in New York, we are in western New York. So like it's it's about two and a half hours here from Cleveland. Like if I go to a concert, Cleveland, Cleveland, Buffalo, um, Pittsburgh, Erie, Erie's beautiful because Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania is like 45 minutes from here and a very quick show. But also Erie, Erie's like a smaller size city and probably I don't even know if they'd be considered a B market, not to not to uh, shit talk Erie, but I don't even think they would be a B market. I don't know what they would be considered. So like you don't get tons of shows there, though. Shout out Basement Transmissions, who uh, any any great shows that I've uh, seen up there has more than likely been uh, put on it at one at either the original basement transmission or uh, the new one which both both are great but uh yeah you know so really is uh e- even though I'm in New York a lot of people take that uh, right away as New York City and uh, very very far from the truth I'm like seven hours from uh, New York City so anyways what I'm saying what I'm saying as I'm long I'm saying it really long and drawn out but uh Cleveland is definitely a, a great a place that I uh, absolutely love because if I want to go to a show and, you know, right now not a lot going on, but back in back in my day, um, you know, love going to shows and definitely something I tried doing at least a few times a month and would definitely find myself in Cleveland. Pro- I mean, during college, I probably went to Cleveland at least once a month, sometimes more than that um, for concerts and then just going and screwing around and doing stuff. 
and uh you know it's a great city so i always like talking to people from uh, up there because like legit like some of the best venues i would say in the country and i've traveled around and i i try to go to concerts i mean i love including historic places you know what i mean like like living in minneapolis and getting to go to first avenue after hearing about it for years you know like i love that kind of stuff so i try to go to shows whenever i can while i'm traveling and uh, I got to say, Cleveland is up there as as well as are the Twin Cities. But, like, some of the best venues in the country are easily in Cleveland. I mean, Grog Shop, one of the best for, like, you know, like a smaller, divier kind of show. You know, you're kind of like your club show, a little smaller. Um, I might lose punk points for it, but House of Blues in Cleveland, fucking great, great venue. Amazing venue. I, I've always loved that one. You can always get a good view. Like it doesn't matter where you're at in that place. Like there's a good view, and if you're uh, and if you're up front, like including for being a corporate place, uh, you got to give credit where credits due. Like even the barricade isn't like there's not this huge space in between. Like there's honestly a spot that I like to stand. Now I like being up front, but I'm also six five and you can probably see where that becomes an issue. Now, what I like about there is you can, like, get on, you can, like, go to the side of the stage of House Blues Cleveland, and, like, I've, I've done this for years, and, like, I have a spot, and you're not in the way of anyone, but you're, like, right there. And honestly, like, there's the barrier's there, but the barrier, like, ends right where, like, you're standing. So, like, you're, like, at the end of the barrier. But I don't know. I've always, uh, I've never been to any other House of Blues I don't know. Maybe the rest are bullshit. I mean, I always, I just always think it's funny because I'll bring that, I'll bring up House of Blues Cleveland when I'm talking about good venues. And I feel like people might be looking at me like, like, what the fuck? Like, like, you know what I mean? That's like bringing up like an arena. Like the Allstate Arena is my favorite place to go to shows. Like, it's it, like to me, it almost sounds like that. But honestly, really, really good venue that I love. I mean, those are just two you have uh oh man, who what were we talking about there? Now I'm now I'm drawing a blank. I mean, now that's class is another great one. Um there's a great record store and I don't know that they put on shows all the time, but I saw Tommy Stinson there a few years ago. Um it might be Blue Note Records and uh it's not even technically I think in Cleveland. It might be like Cleveland Heights. But uh, you know, there's a and the Agora, how could I forget? I love the Agora. And uh, that's another great one. I mean, there's a bunch of venues up there. I, I just, as I'm talking about how great the venues are, I realize I just named like three. But I mean, there's a bunch of good ones. Um, it is, it's always a good place for shows. Like if I look, if I go through my head and think of like the best shows I've ever seen in my life, a lot of them definitely happen in Cleveland. So uh, cool to talk about that stuff with uh, Justin and uh, including someone who has uh, <clears throat> been playing in shows up there for so long. I mean, he he's someone I think we definitely have back on and just, uh, you know, talk more about Cleveland music scene throughout the years and everything, you know, it's kind of a good time to reminisce about it just because there's not a lot going on. You know what I mean? It's not like there's tons of shows and stuff going on where you have new stories per se. So it's kind of like a good time and to reflect about like all the, all the things you you've done, like throughout the years, you know what I mean? Like instead of going and having fun at shows, now we kind of like sit here and talk about the fun that we've had at shows, you know, uh, shows past, but I love I love talking to him. Definitely, I'm back on sometime. And uh, like I said, maybe we'll maybe we'll have like him and Bobby on at the same time because I mean their music tastes and everything align pretty well. I think they would uh, I think they would be fun to get on here to uh, kind of I, I would I would like to see I would like to see where the shit talking would go. 
if you got uh, uh, me, uh, Justin, and his brother Bobby on here. I think that would be pretty fun. But anyways, that is it. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Power Court Hour podcast. Make sure you tune back in next week. I cannot believe we are already getting at the end of another month and uh, the first month of 2022. But uh, we'll be doing the January rundown next week. And uh, I won't spoil any of them, but I got to say, I have like three or four guests lined up right now. Now, I've had that happen before, and that's why I won't say anything. Those three or four guests could become two guests. You never know, like, you know, with schedules and everything. But uh, as of right now, I think we are pretty much full for February. I think I will have guests the entire time for you. And uh, I'm looking forward to them, some really good ones. So uh, make sure you check back. Maybe I'll maybe I'll talk more about it next week because maybe by that time I'll have, uh, you know, maybe I'll have done one or two of those interviews. I don't know. But uh, I'm excited for upcoming guests. I'm, I'm also excited for next week just to sit here and talk with you on the uh, January rundown of the show. But uh, until then, if you want to stay connected to the show, follow us at Power Chord Hour. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, new radio shows every Friday night from 10 to midnight on uh, 107.9 WRFA right here in Jamestown, New York. Now, like I like I mentioned earlier with the wink wink, uh, you can stream the station from anywhere. So if you want to listen to that radio show, tune in on uh, WRFALP.com, and you'll see the streaming button there, and you can stream the uh, web or not the website, stream the radio station, and uh, listen to my show and all the other rad shows. Um, yeah, and also uh, Spotify. I put up playlists every week. If you miss the radio show but you want to hear what I play, um, I do put up the playlists every week on uh, Spotify, so you can check that out. Obviously, you can check out the the uh, podcast there as well. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. That is the best way to support the uh, show. You know, I uh, it, w- it would be rad. That's a great way to, like, you know, kind of get, like, the word out there and everything is to just, like, I mean, also literally getting the word out there by just telling, like, your friend, like, hey, listen to this show, but also, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that, all that good stuff, all that pandering that, uh, every everyone tells you to do when you listen to their podcast but uh yeah that is going to be it for this week once again thank you uh, very much to justin vaughn for uh for calling in had a blast talking to him and uh, yeah so until next week for the power court hour podcast i'm anthony merchant thank you so much for listening